Welcome back to Frank's Lakeview Inn by Wallace Gibbs, Episode 2. Can we go swimming? I ask. Yes, Daddy stated. I need to make some phone calls and then I will be there in just a minute. Virgil and I quickly changed into our swimsuits and bolted out of the hotel door. We made a left turn out of the door and ran down the concrete walkway headed for the stairs. Ouch, 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 I said as we made our way down the stairs. The stairs were very rough when compared to the walkway. I guess it was made that way so that you didn't slip on them. We were both relieved to get to the last step as we bolted for the pool. Cannonball! I yelled as I ran to the edge of the pool, jumped up high, grabbed my knees to form a ball, and created a big splash as I hit the water. Cannonball! Virgil echoed and repeated my motions. Virgil and I swam for about 30 minutes when Daddy joined us in the water. We played around for a little bit and every once in a while Daddy would grab one of us, lift us over his head, and throw us into the deep end. We would swim back to him and repeat the motion until Daddy decided that he was too tired and exited the pool. We swam for a little while longer when Daddy announced that it was supper time. Virgil and I got out of the pool, dried off, and then headed back to the room with Daddy. Virgil and I got out of our swimsuits, finished drying off, and then put on the same clothes we had been in all day. We sat down on the bed and waited until Daddy took a shower and joined us back in the room. We exited the room, and this time we made a right turn, walked a little ways, descended another set of stairs, and then headed to the lobby. Right past the lobby was a dine-in restaurant. We did not eat out very much when we were at the house. Daddy and Mama went out periodically, but it was a rare treat for the kids to get to go to a restaurant. As you entered the restaurant, there was a tall desk with a lady standing behind it. Good evening, the lady said. Good evening, the three of us said in unison. Just the three of you, the lady asked. Yes, Daddy said, just the three of us. Follow me, please, the lady said as she grabbed a large menu and two smaller menus. We followed the lady and she took us to a cloth-covered table that had a golden-colored large glass that had a candle burning inside it. As I looked around, I noticed that every table had a lit candle on top of it. We all took our seats. Your waitress will be here shortly, the lady said. I recognize you, a voice said from behind me. How are you doing? I turned around and there was a large black waitress standing right behind me. There were no black people in Splendora. For that matter, there were very few minorities in our school. The only other black lady that I knew was Leal, Dr. Veowig's nurse. Georgia, Daddy began, these are my sons, Wallace here on your right, and Virgil, my youngest. I am pleased to meet you, Georgia said. My mama's name is Georgia, I said. I know, Georgia said. I met her when she came here with your daddy last year. How is Mrs. Gibbs doing? 
Georgia set down a small basket that had a napkin inside of it that was folded over something along with a small round bowl with a scoop of butter in it. She's good, Daddy said. The girls have a lot going on this summer, so we thought it would be best if she stayed home with them. Probably so, Georgia stated. I brought you some hush puppies and butter. I bet you boys are going to love them. What can I get you to drink? I'll have water and a coffee. The boys will have water, Daddy said. As Georgia walked away from the table, I opened the napkin, revealing eight golden brown hush puppies. I grabbed one, scooped it into the butter, and bit into it. The hush puppies were magnificent, and when combined with the butter, they could have been a meal in itself. Daddy instructed me and Virgil to look at the kids' menu the hostess had left at the table. There were four basic options. A shrimp plate, a fried fish plate, a hamburger plate, and a vegetable plate. I quickly ruled out the vegetable plate, the fish plate, and the hamburger plate. I loved fried shrimp, and it was rare to get it during normal life. Georgia returned to the table with our drinks, set them down in front of us, and pulled out a pad to take our orders. Have you decided what you want? Georgia asked. Can I have pancakes? Virgil asked. You bet, Georgia responded. Do you want sausage or bacon? Sausage, Virgil replied. Where were the pancakes? I asked. You have to flip over the menu. Sure enough, there was a dinner for breakfast section on the back of the kids' menu. That still couldn't sway me. I'll have the fried shrimp, I said. I see that you're a growing young man, Georgia stated. If you like, I can get you a baked potato instead of french fries if you so choose. Can I, Daddy? I asked. Go ahead, Daddy stated. Yes, I would love the baked potato, I said. How about you, Mr. Gibbs? Georgia asked. I will have the 12-ounce sirloin cooked medium well with the baked potato. Also, I would like to get a dinner salad with the Roquefort blue cheese dressing. Yes, sir, Georgia stated. Anything else? Daddy, I started. Can I get a salad, too? Yes, you can, Daddy answered. I would like a dinner salad with Roquefort blue cheese dressing, I said. I'll have those right out, Georgia said as she put her pad into the pocket on her apron and left the table. When we get back to the room, I want the two of you to get your stuff ready for tomorrow. Sometimes you can go inside with me, but for most of the days you'll need to stay out in the car, so you will need something to do. Virgil and I were already prepared for this, even before we left Splendora. I had brought two Hardy Boys mysteries with me, The Tower Treasure and The House Off the Cliff, which were books one and two in the series. Miss Philly had lent them to me before the trip and had told me that she thought I might like them. She also told me that she had bought the entire series for her sons, George and Paul, when they were my age. I had also brought some of my favorite Hot Wheel cars with me. 
Virgil had brought a pack of crayons and a coloring book, as well as his favorite Hot Wheels cars. In our minds, we were ready for the trip. Georgia returned to the table with mine and Daddy's salads. I had never had Roquefort blue cheese dressing, as French and Thousand Islands were the only salad dressings that Mama kept in the refrigerator at home. Daddy and I had similar tastes for food, and if he ordered, I knew that I would like it. I looked down at my salad and saw the blue-green color of the cheese mixed in the dressing. From where I sat, I could smell the tanginess of the dressing. I was right. It was incredible. During the middle of us eating our salads, Georgia came to our table holding a stainless steel serving tray by the large ring on the top. The ring was attached to a pencil-sized piece of stainless steel that served as the connecting point for three large metal circles about the diameter of a large coffee cup. Inside each of the metal circles was a metal bowl customized to fit. Inside the first bowl was sour cream with a spoon protruding from it. Inside the second bowl was chopped up bacon with a spoon protruding from it. And inside the third bowl were chives with a spoon protruding from it. This is for your baked potatoes, Georgia explained as she looked at me. This was turning out to be a fancy dinner. Can I take those salad plates from you? Georgia asked. Yes, ma'am, I said as Georgia collected the now empty hush puppy basket and the salad plates. I'll be right back with your food. Georgia disappeared behind a swinging door with a small window in it. Very shortly, she reappeared with a large tray purchased on her left shoulder along with a tray stand that she carried in her right hand. As she approached our table, she placed the tray stand on the ground, expanded it, and then sat the large tray on it. Virgil was served first. On his plate, there were two pieces of sausage and two large pancakes stacked on top of each other with a large scoop of butter on top of them. Georgia then set a carafe of syrup right next to Virgil's plate. I was served next. There were five pieces of fried shrimp on my plate along with a baked potato wrapped in foil that had been cut down the middle. On top of the potato, there was a scoop of butter along with shredded cheese on the top. Daddy's plate was next. There was a sirloin steak on his plate that had a blue plastic spear protruding from it that had the letters M-W-E-L-L. His baked potato was identical to mine. Go ahead and fix your potato, Daddy said. Is there anything else that I can get you? Georgia asked. Daddy looked around the table and said, I think we're good here. I scooped up a spoonful of sour cream and put it on my potato, followed by a spoonful of bacon and then chives. When added on top of the butter, it all looked like a small, colorful mountain. Daddy added only the sour cream and bacon, skipping the chives. This was one of the events that made trips to Temple with Daddy such an adventure. We finished our dinner and Daddy put all of the charges on the room tab. Good night, Georgia. 
I said as I got up from the table. Good night. Maybe I'll see you again before you go home, Georgia said. Daddy, Virgil, and I left the restaurant and retraced our steps back to the room. Can we go swimming again? I asked Daddy as we entered the room. Yes, Daddy said. I'm going to stay up here. The two of you have to stay together. Yes, sir, I said. Virgil and I rushed to the bathroom and retrieved our swimsuits, which were still wet from the swim earlier, except for the fact that they were ice cold, having sat in the frigid hotel room. We quickly changed and then ran to the pool. It was about seven o'clock. Around 8.15, Daddy came to the metal fencing at the side of the pool and told the two of us that it was time to come in. Virgil and I grabbed our towels, wrapped them around our waist, and then followed Daddy back to the room. This concludes Episode 2 of Frank's Seafood Inn by Wallace Gibbs.